let's get this thing going one way or another. I got your brother from another mother. All right. So we back into this thing, man. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me who you are and what team you root for and why. Who else could it be? But meet your man, Louis T, host of the Louis T Network. I am a massive uh, Washington Redskins fan, uh, but I cover all 32 teams in the National Football League on my uh, YouTube channel, Louis T Network. Um, I love the NFL, man, and I've mm -hmm. always been a massive Redskins fan since um, the day I was born. And it's it's amazing because my whole family are Cowboys fans. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah. Traitor. I get that a lot. <laughs> wow. And you comfortably wearing all that red, man, right now, yeah, that uh, burgundy. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What yeah. what made you change, man? What made so, you start rooting for the I'm, I'm for the from uh, Virginia. Okay. I, I live in Virginia, and I was born and raised in Virginia. Uh, and so the first thing I saw, being that the, the you know Virginia area doesn't have a actual team, the only team that was local was the Washington Redskins. So you know, oh. I watched a ton of TV growing up, and the first team that I saw was the Washington Redskins, and that's how they became my team. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you began to watch them and you began to fall in love with them so was there ever a situation where's your your, your old pops and and everybody else like son no what are you doing with yourself <laughs> of course my, my dad was vehemently against me being a Redskins fan obviously and I was growing up in the cowboy heyday. I mean, right. As, as bad as I, I hated the Cowboys, mm -hmm. I couldn't help but love Michael Irvin. Man, he was the playmaker. He was right. so cool. He would do the, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Give it to him, first down. You know what I mean? So, um, I secretly loved Michael Irvin, but I couldn't stand the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and my dad was like, man. Are you sure you're my son? Because, you know, <laughs> what are we doing right now? So, yeah, it, it, it's always been rough, you know, in those uh, those early 90 games when the Cowboys were on the come up and we were on the downturn. It was rough, man. And what what year y'all won the Super Bowl? Was it 91 or was 91 it? 91 was the last time yeah. we won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, 92 was probably the last time we thought we had a good enough chance to right. win a Super Bowl with Joe Gibbs. So it's been a while, man. It's been a, it's been a good, a good long minute. But what we like to do here is um, break down roster. We like to look into the details of your team and how they did in the draft and how my Cowboys did in the draft. And when we face each other, when we call it hate week or rivalry week or what have you. So I know you very familiar with that since uh, you're yeah. the only one on the outside looking in, you know, about yeah. those uh, lovely Dallas Cowboys. I know, you, <laughs> I know sometimes you found yourself rooting for, for somebody beyond Michael Irvin now. Come on now. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Okay. Of course not. You know what's crazy though? Talk to me. I find myself, I used to at least, um, find myself debating with Cowboys fans about Tony Romo. Like it's amazing mm -hmm. this love affair with Tony Romo now that he's retired and he's such a great commentator. But when he was the Cowboys quarterback, a lot of Cowboys fans that couldn't stand Tony Romo mm -hmm. and wanted to go on. 
And I used to always remind, like, don't you remember what it was like before Tony? Don't you remember Quincy Carter, Chad <laughs> Hutchinson? Don't you remember Drew Henson? Like, don't you remember this stuff? Like, what are you talking about? So it, it's amazing how sometimes I find myself defending actual cowboy players and from other cowboy fans. It's it's crazy. Sometimes. Well, well, well I, I call our fan base fickle. We have some fickle fans all together. Yeah. You know, we oh, have a lot of people. But, but I think fan. ours is just multiplied by 10, yeah. you know. <laughs> we, you're America's team. It's America's because on every airway. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the details, I want to know a little bit about Darius guys. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know he wasn't drafted this year, but I want to know a little bit about him. What he bring? What kind of flavor he's going to bring out there this year? You know what? That's something mm-hmm. that we as Redskins fans can't quite put our finger on yet. Right. Because um, he was a guy that was thought to have first round talent last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, from off the field issues, there was the, the whole uh, issue with the Eagles and, and their whole meeting with him and how mm-hmm. there was supposed to be this shouting match and, that became something that was a little bit of a black eye on him going into the draft. Right. Uh, but a lot of that became unfounded. And um, I don't know what was the reason. I think maybe his attitude, I, I heard some people that interviewed him at the combine were kind of turned off by his personality. And he's mm-hmm. an outgoing, engaging guy. So you either love him or you don't. And, is, is, um, is he Odell Beckham with, with playing the running back position? What is no, 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 no. He's, <laughs> he's not, not that guy. Okay. He's not going to be beating up goalposts and, and mm-hmm. kicking nets and stuff like that on the sidelines. But he is a guy that is very colorful. He's jubilant. I, the thing that we've gotten from him, even when he was injured last year, is that he's a guy that has a lot of character and personality. He seems to have this really big personality that people flock towards Mm -hmm. and um, his teammates love him. They absolutely love this guy and everybody's rooting for him. As far as on the field, we feel like we have a back that's on par with the Ezekiel Elliott, potentially, you know, obviously in New York, they've got Saquon Barkley. We felt like we were the one team in the division. Now the Eagles really don't have a big time back. They think they might've gotten that now in Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, yeah. In the second round, but we didn't feel like we had that guy to compete with everyone else in the division on the ground. We just felt like we had like a running back by community type thing going. And he could be the guy to end all that conversation, but we don't know. And that's why you still have Adrian. Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Still on the roster. Shout out to Adrian Peterson, man. Hey, hey man. AD, man. Yeah. Love that guy, man. <laughs> and so that's why we still got him. And then who you should be asking me about Bryce. is Bryce Love. I know. You, you talk about <laughs> Cowboy Love. How about Bryce Love? How about some of that? All right, so that so, so, so so from Stanford, uh, we was looking at his tape and uh, mm-hmm. his ability to cut, his vision, his blocking mm-hmm. ability, everything that you can think of from A to Z. He got an A-plus in it. It's just the fact that if you were to play this football game and you were to turn injuries off, then I would say arguably that uh, the Redskins are one of the tops in the NFL. Uh, could be uh, really poking at like the best if you take injuries out of the equation. Now, I, I would say this, uh, Louis T, we just don't know. I, I, do you feel that he's going to be able to back it back up? And uh, do you think that he can play next year or, or come into the middle of this season? I think he – so this is – the debate within the Redskins nation is 
with, with oh, 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 y'all got a nation. Hold on now. Oh, oh, we, we even got a show called Redskins Nation, baby. Get out of here, man. Out here, man. <laughs> Continue, Puffer Boy. I didn't know that there was a Redskins Nation, though. Oh, I only know that there was oh, only yeah. one nation oh, yeah. now. Come on. Hey, there's plenty of burgundy and gold to go around, man. I can slide you a little bit if you need something, man. <laughs> no. But uh, no. look, with Darius guys, he's a guy that we think can be in between the tackles runner. I don't necessarily know right. if he has true legit home run speed. Oh, that's where Bryce love comes into play. And mm-hmm. I think the debate inside Redskins nation is that, will this guy be available because he's telling everybody, but you never listen to the player when it comes to injuries and when guys will be back. Right. But he's telling everyone that he thinks he can be better ready for a training camp. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit premature. I think that's a little bit uh, ambitious on his part. Um, I think he's the guy that you probably look to start on the pup list. Right. And then you're talking weeks seven through nine, somewhere in there where he's eligible to come off the pup list. And if the Redskins are in a position where they're competing for something meaningful, which I'm going to tell you just flat out, I I don't see that this year. I could be wrong. Now, Mm -hmm. the defense could say otherwise. But right now, I just don't know if the Redskins are good enough to compete for anything. But if we are in a position come week eight or nine, where you could use some help at the running back position, you could easily see Bryce Love um, suit up in the Redskins uniform this year. Oh wow! Oh wow! So, so you thinking that uh, he can be one of those guys that that down the line can just show up and show out and just be one of those guys that we say, oh yeah, you forgot about him. Yep. And, and and guess what? I think Odell Beckham was like that um, his rookie year. He didn't play for week one and week two. He just came. Right. They slowly moved him in because he had hamstring issues. Or he, yeah. it could have been vice versa. He didn't play all preseason. And then yeah. all of a sudden they said, hey, look at this 13 uh, kid from, from the Giants. He's catching yeah. everything that's thrown out there. Right. Um, so Bryce Love is that special guy. Uh, it's another guy that I had high on my uh, radar. His name was Terry McLaurin. Uh, can you explain or tell me about him? So it, it's funny that you asked mm-hmm. because Terry McLaurin was a guy that I I wasn't that high on initially. When we first made the draft pick, I was mm-hmm. a little bit some I, I was I was on the fence about the pick because I thought there were other right. receivers at the time of the pick that could have helped. And really, I thought we needed to address the offensive line, particularly guard right. at that pick. And and you guys actually took the player I wanted at that time, Connor <laughs> McGovern. So oh, wow. I was saying that we needed to take maybe a guard, but if you're going to go receiver, I thought there were other guys like Hakeem Butler, for instance, that mm-hmm. was on the board at that time that would be a better fit for what we were looking for. But then, you know, you, you look at Dwayne Haskins and you take a guy from Ohio State, mm-hmm. you want some familiarity there. You want a guy that he's very accustomed to. And, and so you throw Terry McLaurin in the mix. And then so I, I, it forced me to go watch more tape and, and go watch more tape and be a little bit more familiar with him before I started spouting off because Look, mm-hmm. if you watch college football, you can't right. run from Ohio State. You can't. You're going to watch <laughs> Ohio State football. They're going to force feed you Ohio State football. So I was familiar with Terry McLaurin, and I said, he's okay, but he's not an exceptional you know, wide receiver. I don't think he's going to move the needle per se. But when, I go, when you go back and watch, there's a lot of good things to like with him. He's tough. He blocks extremely well. Probably one of the better blockers in all of this draft. Uh, he's a guy that We'll do the dirty work, you know, we'll right. run the, the big route, seven yard slant, go over the middle of the field, not afraid to take a hit. But also uh, on third and six, you can throw him the football and, and have him make a play for you. But then obviously the biggest caveat with him is his speed. 
and he can take the top off of the defense. Yes, he, and, and he can. can. So, a nuanced route runner. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, so those are the guys, and of course Montez. Uh, he he dropped in the draft a little bit because of the uh, unfair unfair ruling of his heart conditioning. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard that they uh, misdiagnosed him. That cost that kid what millions of dollars, right? They did. It, it cost uh, hey, me so much money. Their loss is our gain. I look. I'm so <laughs> excited about that because you know when you look around right. the NFC East landscape, and I'm like, I want what what they got. I want what the Cowboys. Got. I want one of them Tank Lawrence dudes, man. I want one of those Havoc Reekers. Not going to have it. You know, you look at the Giants, and, and they had JPP for a little bit there. They had Olivier Vernon. They had guys that can get to the quarterback consistently. You know, the Eagles. They, I mean, Fletcher Cox is a beast. He might be the best defensive player in the division right and i'm like where's ours i want one of those well you guys got that bama love over there you got the bama yeah, boys we, we, inside we are yeah. the washington uh bama skins over here man <laughs> all right so i'm gonna ask some pre questions that's in the chat box man uh they saying okay. that uh who is your pet cat for your redskins this year who is my okay yeah your pet cat move my mic your pet cat, the person that, the, the, the dark, well, not the dark horse, the person that you're in favor of, the person that you really got your eyes on, the person that you really want to see, uh, I guess, take over everything in the game. So is it a player that I am not expecting this from or is it or that most people aren't expecting it from or is it just anybody in particular? Oh, somebody that, it can be like me, for, me personally on my team is uh, my pet cat, uh, was uh, Michael Gallup last year? You know, I was telling everybody that Michael Gallup, he's going to be a guy. Once, once he pick up the offense, he's really going to blossom. I compared him to some crazy people. I'm not going to mention it again on airways because <laughs> <laughs> I was so high of him. But yeah. uh, he's showing me true colors that Michael Gallup is stronger, bigger, faster now. So that was my guy that I was rooting for uh, last yeah. year. So, so who so are you are, that one guy you rooting for? So is it a rookie? Does it have to be yeah. a rookie? It don't have to be a rookie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking rookie, um, there's uh, there's a couple actually. Um, Kelvin Harmon was a guy I was super high on yeah. coming out of NC State. Mm-hmm. Thought he was more along the lines of a third or fourth round pick in this draft. Yeah. He dropped to the sixth round. I think mm-hmm. we might have gotten ourselves a, a Pierre Garcon type of wide receiver, something we've lacked in DC since 2015 when Garcon and Jackson uh, both vacated. Uh, or 2016 after they both left. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a guy to look out for. If you're talking deep, deep sleep, um, Jimmy Moreland, a seventh rounder out of um, uh, James Madison, mm-hmm. dude is a baller, man. I think he could easily come in and win a – I told everybody on my Redskin video that – I said, he's making a roster. Like, that, you know, right. generally you can't be <laughs> bullish on seventh round picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's making the roster, but this guy could – ultimately start in the nickel in the slot so mm. he's another guy to look out for and then if you're talking about a guy that's been on the roster for a couple of years and i'm looking for him to do big things and explode i think it's time for jonathan allen to take that step up uh and say that i'm the alpha male on this defensive line of all these bama guys that we mm. have on the team i'm the best of the group and i think it's time for him to step up and show that yeah, that's pretty good man so you guys got landon collins right mm-hmm. He's he's a box safety now. I don't think that he's going to cover anything. Uh, you guys got a nice front four with the Bamba boys, and then on top of that, you still have shout out to Faber and Monroe. I don't know if he's going to be help. Is he healthy this year? Is he is he okay? He's healthy. Um, he healthy? I think mm-hmm. Fab is coming, man. Fab is one of those dudes that mm-hmm. they they're trying to figure out 
where the best place to play him is. In his rookie season, they had him out wide. He got a few snaps out wide as a boundary corner. And in year two, mm-hmm. they kicked him inside to, to the slot because that's where we needed the most help. And he had his moments, but he also wasn't as comfortable there because that was new for him. He's more right. of a boundary guy like he was at UCLA. So I think in, in year three and moving forward, I think he's a guy that they really want to work outside. And um, if, if they can get him to play consistently outside, um, I think that's where his home will ultimately be. All right. All right. So we talked about a plethora of those Redskins players, man. Uh, now, my Dallas Cowboys players. Out of my draft, who did you pretty much was like, man, dog, I wish I wish we had a chance to get this guy. Who do you feel? So I, I've already broken down your entire draft. So for those of you out there that aren't aware, mm-hmm. I break down every team's draft in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've done the Cowboys already. It's called the um, Draft Wrap-Up Series on the right. Movie T Network. So if you haven't had a chance to, check that out. But I loved your second round pick, Tristan Hill, mm. out of UCF. Um, this dude is a beast. Now, I know that Jerry Jones and company, Steven and company, <laughs> all already said, look, man, you got to sign this um, this little contract here that says you're going to work hard, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, that was his issue at UCF. And he was one of these late bloomers in terms of the, the, the conversation during the draft process. A lot of people weren't talking Tristan Hill early in the process, not even really up until we got closer to the end of the process. He lit the combine up. That's when he got right. on my radar. I went and watched tape, and I'm like, who is this guy? This, that, this that, guy. That, that twitch. Impressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you look at him for his size. You're talking about a 310-pound interior defensive lineman, but this dude is explosive. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we, we talk about Ed Oliver, and we talk about Quentin Williams and all these guys with all this explosiveness. He's just as explosive as these dudes. Listen, and, hold on, hold on. Listen, Cowboy Nation. You guys are getting some some good, valuable information for the nation from somebody from what we heard, Redskin Nation. You know what I mean? Louis T. From the Redskin Nation, dropping the information down for everyone because uh, a lot of people was high on the uh, the safety Everybody yeah. was like, hey, you should get a safety. But it's something about when you have pressure into the inside, especially when you have Case Keenum, you know, trying yeah, to learn the offense. Carson Wentz, you got Daniel Jones of crying out loud for the uh, Giants. Shout yeah. out to Cruzine, too, as well as in the uh, the chat box. And then you have uh, yeah. Eli. That's my Eli, guy, Eli. too, man. That's my guy. <laughs> but, but, but go ahead. Let me hear some more of this uh, uh, Tristan Hill, what you got in your radar. Yeah, I mean, so I, uh, I look at him as a guy that um, he's explosive off the snap. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that if he's engaged mentally, which is what the Cowboys want from him on a consistent basis, he could be a problem up front. He's one of those guys. I don't think he's a two gapper. I think he's a one gap one penetrator, gap. a guy that you just ask, get up the field and, and create habit, bust up plays. And that's what he does. He's going to beat guards and centers right off the snap with his explosiveness. And I think he's not only a guy that can get you tackles for losses and blow up plays, and he may not make the tackle, but because he's so explosive and they got to pay attention to him and he's in the backfield and that running back's got to stop his feet, here comes Leighton Vanderesh. Here comes mm-hmm. Jalen Smith for a tackle for loss. And so I think not only can he stop the run, I think mm-hmm. he can actually get after the quarterback too. And wow. so um, with Rob Marinelli, who to me is one of those defensive line whisperers, Getting his hands on a guy like Tristan Hill, I think this the sky's the limit for him. Yes, um, indeed. I, I think he's going to ascend on that defensive line for the Dallas Cowboys sooner rather than later. Yeah, so that was a solid inside pick. And, uh, of course, we got McGovern, too, so it's another solid uh, inside pick. Yeah. Uh, I think you, you missed, absolutely missed on Connor Williams last year, and I think that's why you picked Connor McGovern initially. 
Connor Connor Williams speaks everything of a tackle to me. What what is your evaluation on Connor Williams? You know. Well, so I I didn't love him as a tackle last year coming out. I thought he had to move inside the guard. Oh, you, oh so you Arthur thought Ford. inverse? You thought he's he's better suited for the inside? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna. I, and, and see, this was my thing was mm-hmm. I didn't think he was athletic enough, even though his numbers speak otherwise. I didn't think he was athletic enough, and mm-hmm. he dealt with some injuries too. True. And so you you watch some of those games, and he said that he dealt with some injuries. So it, it you, you kind of go back and forth with those things because when a guy tells you he's hurt, then you got to take him on, on face value, but. There were some games last year where you're like, man, he got destroyed. Uh-huh. And, and, and two years ago in college, I'm, I'm referencing, right. he got destroyed. And you're like, man, I, I don't think he's mm-hmm. cut out for the outside. And then you look at his measurable short arms, um, not the prototypical tackle size. You're like, okay, just kick him inside. He should be fine, right? Mm-hmm. And the struggles were immense last year. I was, I, now, me being a Redskins fan, I was pleased <laughs> to see him struggle, okay? Yeah. Pleased to see him struggle. But I was never a Connor Williams fan to begin with. So it didn't surprise me when he struggled. Yeah. So when you look at Connor Williams, uh, overall production and everything like that. So now that he got the, now he got the size, now he's a little bit bigger. He's still not mm-hmm. the three twenty five or the three uh, twenty eight that we want inside. But I think that by him being what a, a good three fifteen opposed mm-hmm. to a two ninety eight, I think that that should help him out a little bit, but he yeah. did help. I, I, I always like to go back to this tape. He slowed down Fletcher Clocks for 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 a few series, so that was yeah. that, that was a round of applause for that, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. It's like a putting a placeholder on uh, Connor Williams to see how he's going to look his second year. Most most centers and uh, most guards inside they they improve year to year. So we'll yeah. see how that thing can all unfold. And, and you can't write them off yet. No. I don't, I'm I, I'm not a huge Connor Williams fan, but you can't write guys off. I always say, you know, players are like snowflakes. And, and no two players mature at the same rate. You know, you get a guy that you draft and he might not get it till year three. You get some guys, they kick the league, run it. And year one, they come in and they bust it up and you see the potential. Like a Michael Gallup, who I thought played really well last year. He ate us up um, mm-hmm. a couple of times and um, had a big catch in, in D.C. that tied, well, I think it might have gave y'all the lead. And then if Dak didn't overthrow him in, in Dallas, that was a, a 90 yard touchdown right there. So yeah. uh, he looks yeah. good too. You know, and you got guys that hit the ground running like Gallup did. And then you got other guys that take a little bit of time to mature. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Are, are you sold on your uh, coach? I am not. I, I, I actually <laughs> wanted to move on. And I, first of all, let me say this, mm-hmm. any Redskins fan out there, they know how I feel. But for those who aren't Redskins fans and don't know how I feel, I love Jay Gruden, man. I think Jay Gruden is a heck of an offensive mind. The key mm-hmm. is a guy that is an offensive coordinator. And, and, and I've said this on my podcast, Louis T Network Podcast. Check that mm-hmm. out if you haven't already done so on every major platform. I just had to get that quick oh, plug. Oh, man, no, no, nothing wrong with a shameless yeah. plug, man. There's nothing wrong with a shameless plug, man. <laughs> plug on Spotify, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, on Google Music Play, Ooh. on TuneIn, on the LouisTNetwork.net. It's everywhere, so check it out. But... Um, Mm-hmm. I talked about how everybody's not made to be a head coach. You know, Wade mm-hmm. Phillips, you guys know him all too well. Great defensive coordinator. Not a head coach, man. It's, and and it's okay. But and I, I, I can only imagine oh, you looking at uh, the, the L.A. Rams and you said, no. Yeah. We let so, all that valuable answer hey, go. started on that. But see, <laughs> at that time, when, when, when Sean McVay got mm-hmm. the opportunity, I still thought that there was hope for Jay Gruden in, in D.C. I thought that. You know, if we could just, like you said, if we could just stay healthy, mm-hmm. you know, we, Jay Gruden can lead us where we want to go. But 
when you look at some of the things that have transpired and you listen to guys talk and you look at the way this team is undisciplined year in and year out, you look at guys like B.J. Swearinger coming out and saying, we don't practice hard enough, we're undisciplined, and he's not the guy that's going to crack the whip. And you start putting two and two together. You you see all these things over a period. Of, I think he's been Redskins head coach now five years. Um, it, it's a trend now, and it's something that you've come to expect. And it's not something that oh, it's a you know, it, it's something that happened here or there. You, you think this is who he is, and I, I think that's what we found out um, last year, mm-hmm. and really before that. And so I was ready to move on after the season. I, I was ready to wipe my hands clean of the entire front office, Bruce Allen, Jay Gruden, all those guys I thought needed to go. We needed to start clean. And obviously Bruce Allen isn't going anywhere. 50 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's not bad at all. <laughs> Definitely not bad at all. So right. we'll see how everything translate over to the, right. to the, the, to the National Football the League, the, the real deal deal. <laughs> right. And how That's everything cool. goes down like 5,000 pounds. Um, right. <clears throat> so with all that being said man uh all right so what are your plans for this year man uh any any games you are trying to uh get to or or any games that you want to go to and things like that uh, i figure that my thing is with going to games and i've been to a couple of games recently but i haven't been to any games in a while but i figure that once i start because my goal is to eventually i say get out of the house all right <laughs> hey. my goal is to get out of the house and to start covering these events live and, and, you know, be a part of the media and things of that nature, get my press badge and all that good stuff and start getting to these games in person, getting right. to these events, the combine, the draft, the, you know, next year I am definitely going to the senior bowl and I'll be live and reporting from live from the senior bowl next year. So mm-hmm. um, there's some things that I want to do. And, and so I, I don't know if I'll actually get to any games this year, but right. I, I know the future I'm definitely going to be at a lot of these contests for sure. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, that's good stuff, man. Um, anything else you want to get out before we wrap this thing up? But I, it, was, it was a pleasure, man, all together, man, talking to you Absolutely. and, and uh, let, letting you uh, know my insights of, of what I feel yeah. about my Dallas Cowboys and uh, listening to you about, you know, how you feel about the, uh, the Redskins this year and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, telling, I'm going to tell you this right now that uh your your cornerbacks they're gonna have their hands full we got a guy that wears number 19 and we got a guy that wears number 18 and i'm telling you boy they are not just mediocre mediocre route runners they can run some routes and uh, i think that last year what you guys were able to do was you was able to bracket coverage cole beasley put him down into the box and then you was able to ultimately still load that box with eight and nine man front so i think that dak prescott he should be a little bit more seasoned to hit the guy up the scene. You know, he got destroyed by Mark Cooper last year, man. So, so, so you didn't do anything to to to, man, to change. That, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm just excited that we don't have to play y'all on Thanksgiving this year, man. I'm I'm sick and tired of being <laughs> sick and tired of having my Thanksgiving ruined by the dang on Dallas Cowboys. I so. forgot to ask you about that. So, so, so your family all cooking stuff. And mm-hmm. you don't want the only one rooting for the Redskins, so they cut you a portion of the plate. <laughs> and, and then you sitting there in your little corner. How did that feel all those times? Look, you man. Know? <laughs> so first, first of all, I was lit on Thanksgiving. I was okay. talking mega trash because 
I felt comp- first of all, we were leading the division at the time. Right. right? That's number one. And I felt like um, we had now. Now, granted, we Alex Smith had went down and and, and um, right. Colt McCoy was in, but Jay Gruden was so confident in Colt McCoy's ability. As a matter of fact, more so bullish with Colt McCoy on the center than that of Alex Smith because Alex Smith wasn't running his offense the way that he wanted to, right. and he was leaving a lot of as a, uh, a, a cowboy once said, leaving a lot of meat, meat on, on the bone. bone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So a lot of meat on the proverbial bone being left by Alex Smith. So he was anxious to get Colt McCoy in there after the injury because mm-hmm. Colt will take shots down the field, as you saw. Um, right. He was taking some shots, made some mistakes, but he also made some plays. Uh, but um, I thought we had a shot, a legitimate shot of going to Big D and getting the win. Um, obviously, we had already beaten you once earlier in the season. And so I thought I was looking for the sweep. I was being greedy. I, I had I had the broom right next to me. Come right? on now. <laughs> the entire game I had the broom right next to me. Snap and fraction, right? What a snap and fraction, man. <laughs> I was, snap I was all sides. <laughs> I was all sides. <laughs> all in the neutral zone. So um I, I I had the broom and I was ready for it, man. And we, we got off to a good start in that game. And I was talking cold, mm-hmm. hard cash to my dad and um, it didn't last long. Um, it didn't last long. It, 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 you know what's crazy is we were right there. We had to lead right. in the third quarter after the, the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm thinking to myself, hey, man, we really about to do this thing. <laughs> and it was about a, it was one of the most dreadful eight minute periods or so. You know, Amari Cooper touchdown, Tank Lawrence forced fumble, and uh, then Amari Cooper touchdown again. And you look up. It's like 27-13. Like, how did this happen this week? <laughs> we were just up 14-13. Like, when did this happen? So um, it was like in the blink of an eye. And, um, you know, that's what can happen when you got explosive players like the Cowboys have in Amari Cooper. And what's funny is that mm-hmm. he just wasn't that guy in Oakland when you got him. And then he got to Dallas. And it's, it's just, man, I was just floored. I was sometimes a new environment, man. Being around yeah, new scenery, it, it opening up everything, and then believing in you, believing in somebody. You know, uh, it, it was a funny story earlier. OTAs, Amari Cooper dropped a wide open pass. Right, he's upset. He's frustrated. Dak Prescott, the young Dak Prescott, goes up to him and said, "Hey, keep it pushing. Keep it pushing." In the next three plays, Amari Cooper catches a 30-yard uh, touchdown and another 25-yard touchdown. This is in practice. So that's that's what encouragement can do, man. It's something special about Dak Prescott. I know a lot of people don't like him. I know a lot of people don't understand his whole entire game. But from a Redskins fan, when you see that number four on the Dallas Cowboys, what, what comes to mind to you? I, uh, I, he, I, I can't stand Dak because of <laughs> this simple fact. He's First of all, um, Dak Prescott's ability to escape the pocket mm-hmm. and extend plays absolutely drives me nuts. As a team that doesn't have a lot of team speed, that's right. one of our biggest weaknesses is that we've lacked team speed on the defensive side of the football for far too long, which we're starting to get better at. That that injury to Reuben Foster really hurts because he was going to add a ton of team speed to our defense. and. So, you know, when you got a guy like Dak Prescott. That and not to slow you down, that's the second time that happened to you all. Yes. yes. Gillette, was it Gillette? Yeah, Gillette, Junior Gillette. And Junior Gillette? Just look, man, that ain't nothing, that's nothing but karma, man. Gosh. When you go get a guy off the streets that has some issues, right. that 
you know, you could argue probably did some things he wasn't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you get him in your, your, your camp and you get excited about him. Chances are something's going to happen. You don't want that to happen. But as a Redskins fan, I, I told all, you know, the rest, rest of the family, I said, look, you guys shouldn't really be torn up about this. We've been here before. You know yeah. what I mean? We've been through this before. And until a guy proves it on the field for me in Burgundy and Gold, I don't know what I'm missing. You can't miss what you've never had. You right, know what I mean? you can't miss what you never had. You, you so I, I was fine, but to get back to Dak Prescott, I mean, this guy's ability to extend plays with his legs. Um, mm-hmm. It was a play in that Thanksgiving game when we had cut it down to a one-score game, like mm-hmm. third and 15, and he picks up like 17 with his leg. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that breaks, absolutely breaks your back. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a guy that um, – I have a lot of respect for him. Carson Wentz is another guy can escape the pocket, extend plays with his legs. Yeah. Those are the kind of quarterbacks that hurt us, hurt us badly. I want the guy that I know where <laughs> zip code is. I know where to deliver the mail. Right. Eli Manning, I know where to find him. Well, we love Eli. So I know yeah. where to find him. But with that Prescott moving the pocket and running bootlegs and escaping the pocket when things break down, Carson Wentz doing the same thing, it's hard to locate these guys. I don't know where to deliver that sack to. I don't know where to find him. So mm-hmm. uh, Dak Prescott is a guy that I definitely respect. And, and it's interesting because uh, both teams, all three teams, really, you guys are designed to stop the run. You guys are designed to stop Ezekiel Elliott. I, I look at the draft. I looked at how the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles draft. I look at the Giants. They all drafted to stop Ezekiel. Now That's not by accident. It's not by accident. Not by accident. Yeah, yeah. No. Getting those big boys. I think the Giants were so scared they went back to back in this side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you guys got the Bama boys, and, and those guys are kind of hard to run in between that A and, and a B gap, especially mm-hmm. when you guys play the two gap system mm-hmm. uh, yep. with those big guys inside. Man, it's it's yep. something special with the uh, with the guys that you have. And I thought for sure, man, Landon Collins, and then you had uh, a Ruben out there. And mm-hmm. I said, man, this defense is gonna be nasty. Yeah, with a capital in it, but you know, as it all yeah, and, goes, and, you know, right? I'm, I'm still hopeful that the defense with Montez Sweat being added and, and right. his athleticism, and you know, you look at some of the other pieces, like you said, Landon Collins being added to this defense. Um, you're hoping that a little bit of uh, team speed added and, mm-hmm. and some guys being healthy, like a Monte Nicholson, who we really had high hope for last year, and we right. really don't know what happened with him and why. He didn't take that next step because his rookie season was phenomenal. And that's another guy that's a 4-4 guy that you can, you know, do a lot of things with, that can cover a lot of ground. If he's right mentally and and physically, that's probably been his biggest challenge is staying healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. That's more team speed added to the defense. So there's a number of things. I think they realized what I've been telling anybody that would listen, Jano is a cover three corner. That's why he was so good in Carolina. Right. Don't let this man play man-to-man. Don't let him psych you into thinking he can play man-to-man against these elite wide receivers who will run circles around him. Josh Norman came into the league as a 4-5, uh, 40 dude. He's he's now probably more close to the 4-6. Four, four, six. Six. Yeah. Right? <laughs> up there, get along in the two. So, like, you can't have him trying to chase around Amari Cooper one-on-one. A.J. Green and all these guys that have been smoking him since he's gotten in Washington. And so um, I hope they understand he's a he's a cover three dude. Let cover him play three. cover three. Let him do what he does best. Let him eyeball the quarterback and make plays. And I'm hoping that they fit to the players and not necessarily say, hey, players fit to this scheme. And so mm. uh, I think we're hoping that some things change this year defensively. And, and, and they are the anchor of this football team moving forward. Man, so – how much you guys got left on uh, Norman's contract? 
Well, after, we could have gotten out of it this year mm, okay. and it wouldn't have hurt us as bad. And a lot of people thought that that was going to happen. But the Redskins looked at their cornerback landscape and said, while we have some guys that we like, we don't love these guys. And so mm -hmm. we don't think we're in a position to cut Josh Norman and, and free up some salary cap space. Mm -hmm. So we'll hold on to him for one more year. I think this is definitely his last year in D.C. Um, next year, you can get away with pretty much all cap savings. I think a lot mm -hmm. of his money is base salary. So you can really there aren't many bonuses left. You can really go ahead and cut bait with him and save a lot of money. So unless he has an extraordinary year this year talking pro bowl all pro type season i can't it imagine a happening. the kind of money that's in that back end of the contract that last year <laughs> yeah it's, it's not, not going to happen I, I wish i could say otherwise because uh right. the, the eagles are loaded with their wide receiver core dallas we are loaded with our wide receiver core the only team that he probably have a good matchup against will be the uh, the giants and, and what favorable for him as well is that they play the afc we play the afc east east, east. so yeah. so trash uh, Trash, yeah, yeah. So, so we get we get some vacation games in there with the Dolphins and the Bills and the Jets. Yeah. We finally get to feel how Tom Brady get to skate through all this stuff every yeah. year. Tom Brady right. get to play those teams twice. Six games right. just given to him, you know. Right. <laughs> I know it's, people it must will say be, otherwise. It must be nice. Must yeah, be nice. Got to be nice, man. Got to be nice. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, my stream keep cutting on and off, man. Uh, but I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for joining in to the nation. Uh, when it is possible and if mm -hmm. your schedule uh, yeah. is, is eligible, uh, yeah. during the, this, is, this is my vision right here. During the mm -hmm. uh, season, we would have uh, not like a rivalry week, but mm -hmm. a rivalry week, basically. Yeah. We, we would talk uh, – and, and give our opinions on on the game or evaluate the game the previous game uh we will talk uh, i guess a couple of days before the game mm -hmm. and then after the game we'll talk a couple of days after the game would you be okay. interested in doing something like that oh absolutely man yeah I, this is what i do i love <laughs> talking ball man yeah so any opportunity i get to do that with somebody else that i know loves talking ball i'm all for it Yes, indeed. And at the end of the day, man, these these guys, they put their blood, sweat, and tears out there. They invested into this thing with the physical uh, compassion, and we are just invested into this thing emotionally. And, yes, and of course, absolutely. Jerry Jones and, and uh, your owner, they invested into this thing financially. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and our main thing is to drive the needle and just tell people how we feel about you know the game and what we see uh during the plays and and how unjust justifications of of what how they treat ezekiel elliott and you i can yeah. go on and I, on and look, on man, don't that. get me started i've talked about that so <laughs> many times on my podcast that's trash yeah I, and i just matter of fact on my last episode mm -hmm. on my podcast i said man if y'all don't leave this man alone <laughs> leave, leave him alone, alone. Been suspended the first time Yes. Leave this man alone. Leave him, just, just leave him alone. And then guess what? You know, you won't even get half of tons of the negative press that you get anyway. You know, if you just yeah. sweep it under the rug, all Roger Goodell had to do was said, hey, we found that the Ezekiel had never been arrested. And, and and uh, from what from the findings of whatever her name was, uh, the, 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 the lady's not credible enough. What I'm going to do for Ezekiel is I'm gonna have special counseling for him, and we may find him for personal conduct unbecoming. You know, you know what? Mm -hmm. how, how is it that? And I, I've done this enough, so I don't want right. to continue to beat this horse. It's dead already. But how is the person that you put on the case to investigate? <laughs> 
how is it that they come back to you and say, look, man, if I were you, mm -hmm. I wouldn't suspend him. Man. How do you still suspend him after the person you hired to <laughs> investigate tells you <laughs> that her findings is that there's nothing here? Mm. Don't suspend him. I, I rest my case. <sighs> it's witch hunt, man. It's witch hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so. Cowboy Nation, if you guys are still able to hear and see me and, and, and Louis T, uh, you guys see that sometimes, although we from a different sides of views, we can agree on something. How about hey, that? Look, man, <laughs> I am probably the most objective Redskin fan you will find, bro. Like, this is the thing I try to explain to everybody. While I want to beat the Cowboys twice a year, I want to beat the Eagles twice a year, I want to beat the Giants twice a year. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to lie. Redskins fans, they sometimes get mad at me because I tell the truth. Right, That's right. all I know how to do. Speak right. the truth. You don't have to and lie to kick it, right? Truth, yeah. <laughs> can't handle the truth, man. Get out of the kitchen. Get it's out. Hot. It's hot get up out. in here. Yes, indeed, man. Oh, man. So uh, with all that being said, man, plug your stuff, man. Let people know where to go to find you, man. All right, man. I really appreciate this opportunity and this platform, man. I really, really Thank do. You, Thank you for having me and allowing me to bless the program. But um, you can find me on YouTube on the Louis T Network, L-O-U-I-E-T-E-E -E -E Network on YouTube. Sub me up. Um, plenty of content. I got a ton of Cowboys content. If you're looking for it, it's all there. Um, and I, like I said, I covered the entire league. Um, I'm also... I uh, have a podcast as I, as I 